Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Counseling Corner Podcast, helping you better support your son or daughter with social, emotional, and academic strategies with our weekly 10-minute episodes for parents, teachers, and anyone who works with kids. I'm your host, your coach, and your counselor, Mark Bruce. I'm also a school counselor in the Fairport Central School District. Thanks again for joining today, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Mark Bruce, your school counselor, back with another episode, and this is episode three. Today, we're going to talk about what does school counseling look like in the elementary level. So this, some of the things I'm going to talk about are going to be very similar to what you may be seeing or what you might experience in middle school and high school. But due to my current position, I'm really going to highlight what's done at the elementary level. So that's going to be grades K through five. That's considered the elementary or primary level in my area. Um, So the areas I'm going to dive into is what is school counseling? How do students receive school counseling? What does counseling look like? And what counseling is not? You know, these are all very important topics. And, you know, the question is, why am I talking about this? Well, I think it's important that parents, staff, anyone who is in a, has an affiliation with schools, kids, you know, it's important to understand like what school counseling is um, because we have school counselors, we have mental health therapists, we have psychiatrists, we have, um, you know, social workers, we have school psychologists, we have a lot of individuals that um, have jobs that support students in school, but also support youth outside of school. Um, so I'm going to speak primarily on the school counseling role um, because, you know, in the school, uh, some roles, you know, blend together to a certain degree, but school counselors, you know, they generally will encompass some big rocks within the field. So number one, like what is school counseling? So you know, in school, the number one thing is we support students. And that can look like so many things. We can support students in the classroom. We can support students out in their, you know, safe places, you know, the places they love to be. It could be PE. It could be recess. It could be the cafeteria. Um, we, we support students with their emotional um, identification, you know, helping them learn about their emotions. If you circle back to episode two, when we discussed the zones, we really dived into what emotional identification is. And this is where, you know, we, we bring alive those concepts in, in our offices, in the classroom. Um, we help students develop coping strategies when they have these big feelings, when they're having these various dilemmas and experiencing adversities in school. Uh, we, we help students learn how to be a problem solver. Um, we help students develop social skills, you know, especially for our kindergartners, you know, they may have never been in school or they did some form of preschool or, you know, maybe even some form of a in-home daycare with other kids. But it is very different for those students to learn what it's like to be a learner. Our classroom teachers and my environment in my school they do a great job helping our students understand just the basic skills needed to be able to be in class for six hours because it's a very long time. But we do see other things occurring from a social emotional standpoint that, that can affect kids in school during their day to day. Um, you know, some other things is we help kids learn how to connect with other kids 
And then when we have these kids, the older they get, you know, and they've built these strong relationships, you know, different things occur when you are with your best friend all of the time, when you're in the classroom all of the time with the same kid, you know, we have these social dilemmas, you know, it's inevitable, it's going to happen. Any of you listening, if you're a wife, if you're a husband, if you think of your past relationships with your best friends, with your acquaintances, something's going to happen. You're going to butt heads. You're going to need a break from one another. So we help our kids understand understand that it's okay to take breaks from their friends. This is how you can achieve those things. And if you and your friends do have a, a rift or, you know, they're, you're bumping heads, you know, what's the appropriate language you can use? What's the expected behavior you can, you can um, display to make sure that your relationship, your friendship is still strong, um, but you're not doing anything unexpected to really break that relationship or do something a little bit more severe that could get you in trouble. So the next piece is how do kids get school counseling? Now, there's some gray area and there's also some specificities. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, you know, any kid who needs to talk to someone, you know, as a school counselor, any other, any other individuals in school, you know, we're here to talk with them. You know, there's never a time where if a kid says, hey, Mr. Bruce, I need to talk with you that I just say, nope, you know, you don't check these boxes off. I will not talk to you. You know, everyone in my school has an open door policy. Any teacher in the classroom, all, you know, their teachers are not um, certified in counseling and counselors are not certified in teaching. However, we all do a great job at listening to our kids, helping them problem solve and helping them have a great day and stay in that green zone, you know, if we reflect on the zones of regulation. So one way, the most common way is we have kids who are have mandated counseling on their IEP. This could be for whatever reason, if you're someone who, you know, has a student with an IEP, you understand what it is. Um, but if you have an IEP, it may stay on there. You um, are going to meet with a mental health provider for 20 or 30 minutes once a week for the entire year. Sometimes it might be biweekly and it changes the older the kids get. Kids make have that taken off their IEP, but this has just been identified due to whatever um, academic um, disadvantage or, you know, social emotional disadvantage a student may have. And we just want to provide them with a proactive response to help them in school. Um, in other cases, we have kids who are identified by staff members. And, you know, this is a more systematic approach. Um, you know, we may have a staff member that is experiencing a student who's just struggling academically. And, you know, when we think about what does that student need, do they need more academic support? Or is there a social emotional um, difficulty occurring in the classroom that's distracting them um, in the classroom and being a good learner? You know, so things that we will work on is, you know, we may have a student who um, is coming in every day in the blue zone and it's affecting them in the classroom, right? So a lot of things we do with school counseling, with one-on-one -on -one support is going to be skill-based. And I'm going to preface that. It's going to be skill-based. So if we have a kid coming in who's always in the blue zone, it's affecting their academics. They may have been tested by, you know, the school psychologist, the speech pathologist, um, OT, whatever it might be. They may notice that, hey, academically, they're pretty strong. There's just something else there. So this is where I may meet with the kid and get to know them and identify like, hey, what's going on? You know, tell me about school. Tell me about your friends. Um, you know, you know, tell me about those who are at home so I can really build a strong rapport. And this way, the student may say something like, hey, on the bus, this is what's going on. This is why I'm so upset when I get into school and it's affecting me in the classroom. So this is where we build skills to feel comfortable advocating 
advocating for themselves, but also what can you do if you're in school in the blue zone? How can you, you know, identify those emotions and then cope with those skills? So this could be identified by the staff member. Um, we may see kids who have, you know, they're very impulsive in class, so they just can't sit still and they can't focus. So we can help build strategies outside of the classroom to help them develop those skills to be a good learner in class. And we can provide various accommodations depending on if they have a 504 or if it's something we know will benefit them. Because some kids, you know, if, if they're always in that yellow zone, got the silly wigglies, they're moving, they're grooving, they just can't get settled and get focused. We may need to provide them with different strategies to calm their body and have that safe body. And that's another piece, you know, some kids, you know, at the younger age, K through two, they may not understand what a safe body is in the classroom, right? A lot of our kindergartner, first and second grade teachers, and even third graders, you know, third grade teachers will let their kids sit on the rug and kids are just used to being at home and just chilling and relaxing and sprawling out. So we want to teach them that, hey, you need to be crisscross applesauce, um, you need to be in a in a in a safe position because you're making your friends uncomfortable. And if you're making them uncomfortable, you may feel uncomfortable because you know other people are uncomfortable. So we really want to educate our kids on what a safe body looks like. And we have a lot of teachers that you know may perform tier one level. Um, supports where they have classroom lessons, they have their classroom expectations on the board, so kids understand, you know, what uh, it, what it means and what it looks like to be a good learner and to have a safe body. But again, there are times where we will pull kids and work on that skill. You know, why do you not have a safe body? What does a safe body look like? How can you advocate for yourself if you feel as if you can't have a safe body? You know, so we'll do things like that to educate our kids on that front. Um, next, we may have kids who have like perfectionistic or OCD-like tendencies. So with that being said, you know, we may talk to them about what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, and how they can calm their body um, to be a good learner and to stay into that green zone. So, you know, if we're noticing that, if the teacher's noticing that, you know, they may need additional support to, to really determine, you know, how can we help them in the classroom, you know, help them out in recess, help them be a kind friend and have those expected behaviors. And then another big piece is, you know, sometimes we get really competitive kids in the older ages, you know, fourth, fifth grade, they get super competitive and they're bumping heads with their friends out in the playground. So what we want to do is help educate them as far as what expected behaviors are outside of the classroom. You know, so we may work with the teacher to push in and provide lessons to educate kids on, you know, how to be a good competitor, how to be, you know, what good sportsmanship looks like, how to include all friends, no matter their abilities and what that means if you don't. Um, so we may see things out in recess that we need to help kids with. Um, we may see things in the cafeteria. So we may educate kids on those expected behaviors so they can really learn, um, you know, in, in our school, what it means to be a Northside hero or what it means to be a Dudley dragon. So we just may repeat over and over again what's already been repeated to the entire school, um, what's been repeated in the classroom. If we're seeing reoccurring behaviors that, you know, teachers just believe that, hey, um, this kid could really benefit from support from a school counselor um, to to help them be a good learner in class, to help them to connect more with friends in the classroom and to help them to have those expected behaviors throughout the school day. Um, so, you know, and then last, we may talk to kids about keeping their brain in the group. And we do this on so many different avenues and I'm going to dive into. Uh, and then there's other areas where parents may request that their son or daughter, um, their child needs additional support at school. And I'm going to preface this that, you know, 
when parents request counseling in school, you know, we really have to understand like what is counseling and then if it is necessary in the classroom in school. And this is where when we hear those requests, you know, we don't just comply immediately. You know, we want everyone to understand that we have the systematic approach to ensure that we are um, allowing our students to succeed in the classroom. Um, to be honest, you know, we see a lot of kids who they do great academically. They are making friends with, you know, their classmates. They're having fun. They're smiling. They're, they're displaying all these expected behaviors. But when they get out of school, something's not clicking and something changes with their demeanor, their emotions. So if we pull the kid out of class and provide them with counseling, that might bring to attention to them that they're unaware of that then affects them in the classroom. So that could ultimately um, cause their grades to drop a little bit, their behaviors to shift. You know, so when we made, you know, come up with that conclusion, we don't just stop listening and turn that kid away. What we do is we put that kid on our radar, you know, I'll put that kid on my radar and I may do some more tier one level support, you know, so I may push into the classroom and do a lesson that's targeted that behavior and help kids, you know, get to know me, feel comfortable if they have to talk to me about something, or I may go to recess with that class. I may go to the cafeteria with their class. I may make a point to get to know that student um, and know that environment. So if something does shift in school, you know, they know I'm someone that they could speak to. So if we get a parent request and we believe that, hey, we're going to take this avenue to, to better support your student and, and your son or daughter or child to, and to make sure that we're not making something bigger than what it is, you know, this is the route we're going to take. But then there's cases where, you know, we talk to the teacher, we, we observe what's going on in their classroom. Um, we hear from, you know, being at Northside, you know, which is three, four, and five. Sometimes I might reach out to the, uh, to the K-1-2 teachers to see, hey, did you, you know, tell me a little bit about this kid? And then we may say like, hey, we're going to pull this kid six sessions and then work on a specific skill that's going to help them, you know, cope with any emotions that are happening in the classroom. But maybe it can trickle over to what's going on at home as far as emotional identification, as far as coping strategies. You know, so like I said before, we are going to work on a specific skill. Um, and then, you know, so, so what does counseling look like? So if we pull a kid and we're doing counseling with a student, what would that look like? You know, so we have tier one, two, three supports. So school counselors, you know, we, we can encompass all of those tiers, you know, but a lot of what we're going to do is, you know, first off, to be proactive, we want to have those tier one supports, right? So that could be SEL curriculum pushes. That could be, you know, lessons that we're pushing in the classes. Um, for younger kids, we'll do a lot of zones. For the older kids, it might be brain in the group. It might be tattling versus telling, you know, little skills that they can learn so they can be a good learner in class, so they can, you know, be a kind friend, so they can show expected behaviors. Because what we see with students who may, you know, not have a safe body or have unexpected behaviors, they could then affect their ability to connect with others and that could bring alive emotions in class that could affect them academically and emotionally in school so we might push it in the classrooms and then other ways is like i said we might go i might go to recess i might go to the cafeteria i might you know do little things like that to get to know students in a different way so they can trust they can they can like me. And then if something does come up, right, they're going to proactively seek me out or they'll be more okay if I do pull them out. Um, and then we have other avenues, you know, where we may do one-on-one -on -one counseling, you know, like I said, students with IEPs, if it's really thought, if it's really, um, 
valued from a teacher's perspective that a kid getting pulled out one-on-one or if a parent's like, listen, this is what's going on. And we all believe, yes, we, we will pull this kid out for a, a skill, you know, for six, eight sessions. Um, and then we do small groups, right? We might do small groups focusing on skills, social skills, impulse control, how to be a kind friend, uh, how to make connections, um, you know, various things like that. So as school counselors, we might do things like that to support our students. Um, these sessions are typically going to be 20 to 30 minutes long because kids do have to go to school. Kids do have to go into the classroom. Um, you know, they do have to learn. You know, so if you look at like a more therapeutic process outside of school from a mental health provider, from, a, um, you know, a psychologist, psychiatrist, right, that's going to be a 60 minute session. Um, so that's the difference between school counseling and then counseling outside. Those sessions are a little bit longer because we need our kids to go back to class and be a learner. Um, we also do community outreach. You know, we do have social workers that really do that. But if, you know, we have a database of, of, of therapists, of different outside supports, that if a family needs support, um, you know, we, you know, that family calls us or someone brings it to our attention and we could provide that service for the family or help them find that service, right? The school may not be able to provide that service, but we may have a partnership with outside services. You know, at, in Fairport, we have connections with U of R behavioral. Um, so we may provide families with the information they get their son or daughter, child, um, that kind of support. And then we'll do, you know, we're big on restorative practices. So we'll push in and do circles in the classroom. Um, we may do some smaller circles in, you know, my office or other offices if students are having some social dilemmas. So those are some things that we'll do from a school counseling perspective and then from a therapeutic perspective. And then, you know, last I want to talk about is almost what school counseling is not, because there's things that we just can't do in a school. You know, the things that we really don't, we can't do due to, um, you know, the, the extreme measure of it, you know, with grief and trauma therapy. You know, if we have a, a student who is, you know, has an extreme loss or something along those lines, you know, we will provide students with that skill in the class to deal with that coping strategy. But a lot of times that's beneficial from an outside therapeutic support because they can provide that student with that 60 minute session. You know, it's it, I don't know if anyone listening here has been in the therapy I have. Right. It's it's very tiring. You know, so if you're a student, if you're in, if you're eight years old and you've experienced a huge traumatic event um, and you go into school and you have a 60 minute or 30 minute deep dive into how you're feeling, you know, let's revisit that event. Let's problem solve. Let's just give you that time to discuss it. Right. You might be exhausted. You might cry. You may really bring up some skeletons in the closet and then, you know, you have to go back to class and you have to go to math and you have to go to ELA. That could be extremely difficult. Um, you know, right, school counselors, we're not going to provide academic support. We may help students feel more confident with approaching their teacher to build that ability to talk about their academics and see if, you know, they can get that support. You know, but we're not going to, I'm not going to teach kids math or English or anything like that. They, kids don't want my help in English, um, and that's for sure. Um, you know, family therapy, right? We don't, we're, we're not going to talk, talk to kids or dive deep into that, that avenue, at this young age, um, if if we're noticing specific skills due to something that's going on at home in the classroom, then we're going to work on that skill 
and it's going to come up. We're going to acknowledge it. We're going to help kids through those problems. But again, you know, we're not aggressively going to dive into, you know, everything going outside of school because again, right, it's very tiresome. It's, it's very fatiguing. And then the last thing, which is, you know, very hit or miss is going to be, you know, sometimes kids just need to problem solve with their peers versus someone else coming in and figuring it out for them. Right. So we may get some kids that they had a disagreement with their friend, you know, that doesn't really constitute therapy, so to speak. Um, if kids really cross the line and say things that are really, really mean and really, really bad, right, that might be an administrative approach. Um, you know, we may do some restorative circles around those students so they can learn to, you know, apologize afterwards, learn how to show more expected behavior towards one another. If it's a class-wide situation, we may help a teacher and do a circle um, so kids can kind of get the stress off their body, uh, off their mind. You know, but if a kid, you know, just didn't want to play with their friend, you know, we want our kids to be able to problem solve through that. You know, it's not the end of the world, right? So that may not mean they need therapy or school counseling in that moment. They might need a check-in, you know, to help coach them through certain things. But again, they, they may, they're not going to need a lengthy um, service of, you know, 12 weeks of counseling because their friend didn't want to play with them. You know, we may just coach them up on how you can move on and join another friend, why they're, you know, why that doesn't mean you're not best friends anymore. And then how can you talk to your friend afterwards? So you're still restoring that relationship. So that was a lot, but again, you know, school counseling is a deep dive. There's a, you know, myself and the other mental health um, providers here at school, we wear a ton of hats, but I hope that kind of brings light. Number one, right? If you have questions about what school counseling is, or you think your son or daughter, or your child could value from it, you know, just call the school, call your school, email the counselor, email the teacher, and just say, this is what I'm experiencing. You know, can I get some support? I welcome that at my school. So if you're someone in the Fairport community and you have a kid K through five, I welcome emails in that conversation. And, you know, my number one job is, is to support students here at school and make sure that they're, they're happy, they're confident, um, they're making good connections, and they're being a good learner. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you took something away and found it helpful. If you want immediate updates when our episodes come out, do not forget to hit the subscribe button to help spread the word about this podcast. Please share with a friend or share on social media. The more listeners there are, the more support we can provide. For more information about what is going on at Northside, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If you need support for your child or have questions, please contact the school and we are here to help. Thanks for tuning in again and have an awesome day.